The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Big Avoda World Podcast, live from the mess hall at Camp Avoda. Let's check in with the directors. Thank you, Daniel Rashes. That was a very professional uh, broadcast voice. Appreciate that. Um, Ethan Schiffman said you sound a little like the guy who announces at Fenway Park. So maybe next time you can say now batting for Boston. That's Mookie bets. Um, Great to have everybody. We're in the mess hall. Like uh, Daniel said, we're recording episode six of our podcast. And uh, according to our producer, Dave Yaz, we're happy to have you here. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing great. We're kicking, uh, kicking some, uh, some behind. We're doing uh, a podcast that people are actually listening to and rave Ooh. reviews. And uh, it's great that we're able to record in the mess hall. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> able to record in the mess hall with campers, counselors, admin. It's, uh, it's fun. Ronnie, welcome to the table. I have to tell you something. While I have fun with you every time we make a podcast, so much better with all these other guys here. Don't take offense. No, no offense taken. I love it. It's great. Uh, It reminds me of a new initiative we're trying to do at the head table this year, which is to invite uh, bunks to the head table. we had uh, to start off the second session, which just started a, uh, a week ago. We had uh, we, Leon called all the campers up to the head table who uh, who had just arrived because we wanted to verify their um, their field trips, right? So one by one they walked by, and we're eating dinner, and we get to see all the kids who had just arrived, and we're checking in with them, and Leon's trying to learn their names, and how's yours? you know your summer going so far and we're like this is great we'd love to see kids on a regular basis during dinner so then leon came up with the idea of course leon's very creative and he said hey why don't we have each bunk come and spend some time at the head table so uh ronnie and i talk a lot about oh let's go spend time at the other tables but invariably we're stuck at the head table talking shop and everything but now we're going to bring the kids up here and uh so far we've done bunks were you here for bunk one I was here for bunk one, but I got to sit with bunk two a couple of times and even bunk three last week. I saw that. Yes, very nice. And it was fun and adventurous, (laughs) by the way. Yep, that's cool. And then bunk 5B was here for breakfast this morning, but I uh, was talking to Roberta, our nurse. But uh, So, Brett, how are you? Um, I'm good. Thank you, Ken. Brett Hitchcock, what bunk are you in? I'm in bunk 12. And you've done uh, a lot of the outline work here today? Yeah. um, Over the past couple, maybe... past week or so um us in the podcast club we've been uh working hard on google docs getting um an outline for today's show and who's your uh, who are the advisors for the podcast so that's ethan schiffman and paul sandberg awesome very good guys welcome to the show thank you Ken. So, Brett, what are we doing first here? You wanted a, an update from us? Is that um, the so, the first thing that we had was just a quick update. Um, so, from Ross Halpern, a counselor, about um, second month and getting new campers and just what's going on this second month. Yeah, so I'm a counselor in Bunk 5A, and we had a big turnover. We lost about four campers. We picked up um, five for the second month, and it's been great. The chemistry in the bunk's been really good. What, what bunk? What bunk are you? Five A. Five A. Yeah, Five A. So uh, we've had a little competition between Five B because 
they had a lot of uh, campers who stayed full summer and they have a lot of the like athletes um, from first month so now we've been challenging some like Newcomb games some hockey games basketball a little bit it's been really fun and, and who's who's winning those games uh, you know, it's been so and so. Five five uh, A did win a three on three basketball game, so nice, I'll nice, that. nice. That was pretty good. Um, and yeah, we've been uh, we did pretty well in twelve fourteen dead zone last night. So my campers scored a few flags and helped out, got us some assists. Awesome. So fourteen twelve dead zone. So tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, it was a big competition, eleven and twelve, um, with about half like half the camp versus. Uh, bunk 14 and a bunch of other athletes and it was 11 and 12 has a lot more campers so yeah our age group we're like 35 ish 40 yeah and bunk 14 only has about 17 yeah 16 so they were on one side all of 11 and 12 yeah. are on the other and also they, just to add in we were also down a few campers last night as well just due to the tennis tournament and david farber was right. camp. we were also down a couple campers to the tennis tournament <laughs> so a neutral position but um so it started off really close uh, 11 and 12 started off strong. It was, uh, I think, 9 to 4 at halftime. Um, and then the start of uh, the second half, I think there was a good speech to pump up Bunk 14 side, and it looked like uh, they kicked it off, kicked it off uh, strong with a few zoo ball scores, and then uh, they kept on scoring and flag rush, passing it to the goalies and getting little, uh, little passes to cross the line, and it looked like they pulled ahead towards the end. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It's a great event. It's always, uh, you know, normal evening activities are fun and kids play. But for when there's some bragging rights on the line, uh, the games are a little bit more and the, the energy level is up. The competition is up. And last night was uh, was awesome. And what was kind of cool was, Ronnie, you weren't here. Ronnie was out of camp. Did she leave? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but we, had, we have staff meetings on Sunday night and we had our first staff meeting. We split up the staff into two groups and we did our first one outside. Uh, while the game was going on, so we were kind of watching. We were having our staff meeting. It was kind of a kind of a cool thing. Paul, did you think it was cool? Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it was nice during dead zone, but once dead zone ended and we started getting bitten by bugs, it was ready to wrap it up. But it was nice. Well, it lasted. Agreed. Agreed. <coughs> um, one other thing, Brett, you wanted to talk about a sec- uh, first month wrap up. Yeah. So I just wanted to share the top ten from the month. Is that okay with you? That's perfect. So, uh, yes, as Ethan Schiffman just said, so usually my top 10 starts at a higher number than 10, and I put a whole bunch of things that people actually didn't like. Uh, I can start with those, or should I just start with 10? Start with the start highest with, Start with the highest number so, you have. So the highest 13. was number 14, which is the heat wave, which was over visiting day. We had uh, 100-plus degrees and humid, and we had people moving in and out, and that was brutal. So that was number 14. Number 13 was our CIT trip, Outward Bound. We sent them on an Outward Bound trip that they hated. I think hated is an understatement. Hated is an understatement. But what they don't know is how much they got out of it. Actually, they owned up to you know, getting a little bit from it. Number 12 was the staff ping pong tournament. Uh, Ethan, do you remember that at all? Uh, yeah, so during pre-camp, we were supposed to play a ping pong tournament that ended up not happening. So we, we put a full bracket together. Everybody was ready. I had this great idea. Oh, our staff's going to have so much fun. Single elimination is going to be awesome. Put it up on a big easel. Oops, sorry. Put it on a big easel, and uh, not one game was played. So that was number uh, 12. Number Ken, who do you think would have won? Me. 
I'm better than everyone in this camp. <laughs> From what I hear, the favorites were Leon Dyer, maybe Max Waltzman. Stiggy. Stiggy's very good. They're a bunch of good players. My first round matchup was with Max Waltzman, and he was very good. So uh, curious what would have happened. Number 11 was Gift of the Day, a chant that the staff members started the first day or two, and then that fizzled. And then to number 10, we had a sleet storm. There was this incredible, crazy rainstorm on June 30th. And not only did rain come out and down, and the wind and the weather was crazy, but there, was, there were little pieces of ice and sleet all over camp. So that was pretty intense. Number nine was Staff Fear Factor. Number eight was Battle of the Super Teams. Number seven was the podcast recording session. What do you think of that? We made the top ten. <laughs> Very exciting. Number six was the staff talent show. Number five was the Red Sox game. We had a perfect day. It was a day game, and there was no sun, even though we're sitting in the bleachers, and there was no rain and no lightning, and Chris Sale, our starter, who had not had a win at Fenway Park in 53 weeks, actually got a win, so um, that was exciting. Number four, we had a tie. We swept Camp Borndale on July 11th in four different sports. That was exciting. Give it up for Avoda. Yeah. Number four, another tie was the uh, the Fourth of July. We had Avodian uh, gladiators, mud wrestling, a hot dog eating contest. We fixed the dock in the first area. We had a carnival, an egg toss, uh, a bonfire, fireworks, and uh, bomb pops. And we actually had extra ice cream besides bomb pops because we had a issue with Cisco. Number three was ESPN 8, the Ocho update of the day. Brett, can you explain that real fast? Um, yeah, so uh, during lunchtime, we were actually scheduled to talk about it a little later. Um, during lunchtime, certain counselors will go up to the podium and just uh, say a little segment on um, a number of things. If there's an ESPN update. Um, followed by the ESPN 8 The Ocho update. And this is a segment later in the show, so look, we don't want really to get too deep, but keep going. Um, and then some, just some other things. Um, and it, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like a fake newscast, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like some of it's real, some of it's like goofy, like, uh. Well, it's all real. It's just the sports are obscure. Obscure. So, um. Actually, for those of you who haven't seen the movie Dodgeball, ESPN 8, the Ocho originated from that. Uh, I think, what is that? Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, they were on a dodgeball team. <laughs> who is it? No, they were on a dodgeball team against Ben Stiller. Against Ben Stiller. on the other right. team. Exactly. And so, yes, average year. And so they were in a tournament, um, and it was getting filmed and put on live TV, and they made a spoof of ESPN and called it ESPN ate the Ocho and so I guess the people at camp who decided to make that segment took inspiration from that and chose random sports like cricket and curling to talk about as post baseball and basketball. Well and actually after the movie ESPN oh. ESPN actually created ESPN ate the Ocho on air and then it went off the air and now it's coming back on it's air back in about home. a week. It's coming back? Yeah. That's awesome. And you know what they say, if you can dodge a wrench, you can, you can dodge, dodge a ball. ball. You can dodge a ball. All right, number two was one frog in the water. Uh, so that's a fun game that the staff introduced to us. Um, Daniel, you want to introduce that game or talk to us about that? Yeah, well, so usually when something is killed at a meal, meaning, you know, it, the food that's in the tray or the drink runs out, and the counselor is the one that kills it, there is usually a game played so that whoever loses 
goes up to fill it. And usually that game is shoulders, but uh, the 2K15-14 introduced this game called One Frog in the Water, which is basically where you go around saying one frog in the water, kerplop, each one of those three individually. But as the, the, the amount of frogs they are, there are in the water is the amount of times you say each phrase. So it'd be one frog in the water, kerplop, then two frogs, two frogs in the water, in the water, kerplop, kerplop, and so on. So that I was a like fun game. I'd like to point out that um, we played one frog in the water at the head table today, and Leon did lose. I'd just like to put that on the air, that Leon lost one frog in the water. To Leon's defense and being an old man myself, <laughs> it was very hard to hear the kids that were six or seven kids down the table, so we lost track. But Leon is a very smart individual. so Maybe we should play a game on air. Oh, <laughs> we can, it's hard with uh, we only have four mics, but I, I like the uh, I like the idea. Uh, just to wrap up the top ten, uh, number one, the number one uh, moment of the first month was Desert War. Uh, I usually don't reserve the number one spot for that because it's so obvious. But this year's Desert War was really good. It was uh, you're going to talk about it later in the show, um, uh, but it was basically uh, a really close affair till the very end, and I thought it was uh, an awesome day. So that was the number one. It was the Blue Odyssey versus the White Line. Good, good stuff. So, so that's the uh, that's the wrap up on the first month. We're in the middle of the second month, and uh, we have all sorts of good stuff happening. Uh, grandparents' Day was uh, this past weekend. We had about a hundred grandparents come visit us and uh, shower us with kisses and love, and that was nice. And we treated them to a nice Shabbat. And uh, tomorrow is the tournament, and uh, I'm not sure if Color Wars happening this year or not, but. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Sounds like a later issue. I'll turn it over back to Brett and Daniel and Paul for uh, moving along right. forward into the show. All right, so um, now we have an exclusive interview with um, Mr. Davis, um, who was the director and executive director at Camp Voda for 50 years. Hello. Hey, Mr. Davis. Yes. Hi, this is Brett Ichko. We're calling you from the podcast. We're recording live in the mess hall right now. Oh, that's great. It's not just Brett Ichko. It's Maddie Friedman and Max Levin and Daniel Altschler and, and Anthony Sardak and Daniel Rashes and... Um, Andrew uh, Thank you. Andrew Janowski and Sam Gorenstein and Paul Sandberg and Ross and uh, Eric Friedman and DJ Vetstein and Gideon Rosenplatz and Ethan Schiffman. So we have a full crew and Dave Yaz, our producer. So you're not alone, Paul. Andrew, sorry, I wow, spaced out. So it's a good crew. It's a good crew. How are you? Okay, thanks. All right, we had a couple of questions to ask you. The first one being, what was your favorite moment from Color War? Favorite moment in Color War? I always loved the swim meet. The swim meet. All right. What, what, did, what did you like about the swim meet? Um, because I... Yeah, go ahead. How, how well campers at swimming the different strokes. Yeah, there's that, and then it's also a special time of the summer. And for me, personally, getting sitting next... I, I got to sit next to Paul while he was the, uh, the head judge of the swim meet. That was always just a, a special moment and a nice tradition. So that's a, that's a great answer, Paul. All right. Yes. The next question, what is the funniest moment that you've had at Avoda? The funniest? Yeah. Um, well, I guess it was while I was hypnotized by a professional for an evening program in the rec hall. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Can you say something a little about that? Well, I started talking gibberish, 
and uh, just couldn't uh, answer any of his questions. <laughs> it just came out. It was totally uh, not distinguishable. <laughs> I think I think Paul said E.T. phone home. Um, next question. Um, what's your favorite memory from Camp Avoda? My favorite memory? Oh, there are so many of them. I could be here uh, for the rest of the summer telling you about my memories of Camp Avoda. <laughs> but I suppose the um, 4th of July bonfire and chip ceremony is one of my favorites. Yeah, that's, that's a really special one. Um, and just uh, just to inter- in- interrupt, so Paul actually comes back every 4th of July. Uh, when did you retire, Paul, after 2015? Uh, yes, it's been every summer since I retired, 17, 18, and 19, where I've come back and uh, participated in the uh, chip ceremony and bonfire okay. by telling a, uh, a ghost story each of those uh, nights. Uh, yeah, those are awesome. What was we, you do? Uh, the Tispequin Looney was it? The, what was this year? Not the one arm break. No, yeah, that was last Witches year. Cove. This year was Witches Cove. Oh, the Witches Cove. Yeah, exactly. So those are good. Yeah, um, awesome. All right. That's good. And then another question: um, What's your favorite meal at camp? My favorite meal: Friday night meal. Nice. And your least favorite? My least favorite: uh, macaroni and cheese. Ethan Schiffman guessed it correctly. We've actually uh, we've actually bumped up the mac and cheese uh, frequency, and we've now had it uh, every other Friday. Every, every other Friday, so that's a popular one with the kids. The the Shabbat meal is a polarizing meal. Some kids love it. Some kids do not like it at all. Some staff members are shaking their head right now. What's the matter with the Paul? Um, I don't know. I was never a huge fan. I found the chicken to be a little bit on the drier side. I was never good at making sauces to go with it. So I always look forward to the pota- potato knishes and not much else. Right. Uh, Ethan just said we went boneless. Is that right? Which knish do you prefer, Mr. Davis, potato or meat? Uh, meat. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah, those are good. Those the knishes. <laughs> and, and, Paul, wasn't there a shortage one summer of the knishes? Remember there was, like, a shortage in the country or something like that? Yes, there was a shortage in the country because the machine that makes knishes in New York had broken down and they didn't have the parts to repair it for the longest time. That's so there's, there's you know, all suppliers were out of conditions. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, those were tough days. I remember that. <laughs> People think summer camp's easy, but it's, uh, it's very challenging. Um, what's your favorite evening activity to participate or supervise? Favorite evening activity? Um... Oh, during Color War was uh, the Songfest. Ah, that's a. Uh, I really enjoy Songfest. It's a lot of fun. And a spe- and a special moment, right? It's, yeah. Uh, just that that talk about tradition and wrapping things up. That's uh, that's a good one. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and the last one. What's your favorite part about Color War now, other than Songfest or the track meet? Swimming. Swimming. The opening of Color War, how it differs every year, how the start differs, and it's great to see uh, how it's broken and how the campers react to it. Yeah, that's, that's. Do you have a favorite break? Well, it's got to be the one that I came in on a horse and buggy oh, yeah. wearing my cowboy hat 
uh, and uh, us coming on to the field uh, for the start of Color War. Yep. Yeah, that was that was great. Really exciting. Cool. Right. I think those uh, those are good. We're going to move to the next segment. So, Paul, as always, as always, appreciate your time and uh, all the devotion and years and dedication to Avoda. And I say it all the time, but everybody who's sitting around this table is here because of you. So, thanks for everything. Thank you, Mr. Well, thank Davis. Thank you very much. Thank you. And Avoda is always dear to my heart. And when when are you coming back down? Are we going to see you in the near future? Um, probably. For the start of color war. Yeah, we uh, we're not sure it's happening this year. We were just talking about that. So if it, if it happens, we'll give you a call. Just let me know. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Paul. Thanks so much for the time. Okay, great. Take right. care. All thanks, everybody. All right. Now. Bye bye. All right. Next, um, Paul, you had the segment on Bubba Day. Yeah. So um, uh, every year we on. June around June 24th we celebrate uh, the late and great uh, Adam Bubba Miller what did I say Ju June I mean July 24th excuse me so this year's Bubba Day uh, we we had a few activities in the morning we had uh, the parent of Josh Robichaud who's a camper in bunk 10 his dad came and ran some flag football for all the for freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors on the field, it looked really fun. Um, the counselors who were on those periods got really into it and were drawing up ridiculous plays, and it looked very fun from the outside looking in. Can we, can we ask a couple of campers how they liked it? Janowski, yeah. what'd you think of uh, the flag football? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I liked all the ridiculous plays we could do, and like how much anyone could play any position, and um, how. The score wasn't really that high, but you can feel there's a lot of competition in it. Yeah, it was cool. I think everybody got a lot of touches and uh, of the ball, and then um, you know it seemed like the offense really opened up. So that was kind of a cool new experiment. We'll see if we can adopt either flag football elective or parts of it for our football games. Uh, Sam, what did you think of the uh, flag football? Um, it was great, and it's also a little different from the football that we do here. There's definitely a lot less contact than there is, so there are... Is that, is that, is that a good or a bad thing? Bad. Um, there are advantages bad. and disadvantages to it. More disadvantages, I think. Yeah, very, very diplomatic, but yeah, this, uh, it's mixed reaction on the contact. We've uh, made a lot of strides in trying to keep the contact in place, but making it a lot safer, and I think we found a pretty good balance at the moment, so uh, that's cool. Thanks. Back to you, Paul. Sorry. Um, and then after lunch, we had our... Our annual senior softball versus staff softball game. As usual, staff came out on top. We just have the better hitters. We have the better pitchers. We have the best catcher in camp as well. Um, so that was always fun. And then, Paul, well, has, uh, has the senior softball team ever beat staff? Um, probably not. Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. I'd have to look back on that one. Um, and then for those who weren't playing in that game and who weren't spectating in that game, uh, they were playing some slip-and-slide kickball. Luckily, there were no crabs on the slip-and-slide. Uh, but everyone seemed to be having a ton of fun down there, too, by the flagpole, kicking the ball, running, slipping, sliding, scoring. Overall, it was a great day in memory of Bubba, um, and I'm glad that was how we were able to spend the day. I agree. I, th I thought it was really nice. And, um, 
you know, we did a lot of things that Bubba likes. And uh, this, this was kind of a quick little story was um, we had the popcorn machine going because we were trying to entertain the kids who were not playing and feed them and give them food and stuff. And, of course, before we could get the popcorn actually popped, uh, there were maybe 25 kids in line and waiting in line is no fun. And once the popcorn finally got ready, we started giving it out, but you could only like give out one bag at a time and uh, to the front of the line. So then we started taking the bags and we brought them to the back of the line and then to the middle of the line and then we were asking trivia questions and all of a sudden it turned into like a fun activity and the kids in line like just did not, like nobody was quite in such a hurry. And uh, I thought Bubba would have really appreciated that <clears throat> and uh, I thought he would have loved the softball game and um, I thought it was a really nice ode to him. So that was a, the whole day was great, I thought. Um, moving on, we have... Um, so we took a poll of, oh no, so we interviewed some alumni who were here yesterday, um, Jason Rubin and Jerry Hill from the 1978 and 1968 Bunk 14s respectively. Um, they were here just visiting and um, we interviewed them yesterday on what a vote was like when they were campers here and how it's changed, how it stayed the same. So here's that interview. Yeah, and just real fast. Um, so Jerry uh, and Jason, yeah, long time of audience. Jerry has, uh, his son came here. I think Jerry's father actually came here too, which is really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, bo both good guys. Jason has done a lot of writing for Camp Avoda. He's a writer and he's done the, bro the, the copy for the brochure and for the website. So he's, he, we go to him for that. And uh, yeah, both, both uh, great, great guys. All right, I'm here in the Grove <coughs> recording with Jason Rubin and Jerry Hill from the 1978 and 1968 Bunk 14s, respectively. And we're just going to ask a couple of questions about what Camp Avoda was like um, a couple years ago. So, um, what was a regular schedule for you guys like? Can you remember? You want to start? So it, w it was, I, I can't tell you what it was like today. I can only tell you. So we'd get up. We'd actually have a lineup every single morning up here by the flagpole, by the pump house, which doesn't exist there anymore. Uh, we'd go in to have our meals. Uh, and uh, actually, we were woken up to a real uh, taps played on the trumpet. Reveille. Back then. Reveille. Yeah, Reveille. Taps later. Uh, uh, we'd have breakfast. Uh, then we'd have a uh, kosher cabin. Everybody'd go and clean up their cabins, and uh, some people were fanatical about it. Some people weren't. And uh, as you can see on all of the uh, the awards that are in the the mess mm -hmm. hall, all yeah. those people. I don't think I don't know if they even do that anymore. Yeah, yeah we so do. Oh, you that. do. You, mm -hmm. Which which bunk can call in the best cleaning crew? Is that how you do that? Uh, I'm a two-time winner myself. <laughs> Dueling two-time winners. You <laughs> find something new out all the time. So up to Kosher Cabin, it'd be uh, usually, at least as I recall, more often than not, we'd have uh, uh, instructional swim, uh, and then one other period before lunch. You have lunch. We'd have about a half, three quarters of an hour rest period every day. You hung out inside your cabin and did whatever you wanted to do. Um, then we had, uh, I believe, two more periods, and then general swim every afternoon. Last thing we'd have is general swim. Uh, then we'd have uh, pretty much free-for-all till you lined up at the flagpole again for before dinner. Uh, have dinner, and then it was evening program. 
pretty much uh, this pretty much like that all the time. Um, and did you guys have a league? Like now we have a, an athletic league where everyone in camp uh, gets a team and you play like amongst. We, that, there was a little of that just starting out during my last year or two at camp. And what was your last year? My last year was uh, 72. 72. My um, first year was 73. So we just um, missed each other. No, but we had all the, uh, like again, like I think it is today, we had meets with a lot of the other camps. We had the junior, senior, and uh, actually one of the, the year, over my years there, they changed it to uh, a freshman and sophomore division, uh, as opposed to just being a junior, intermediate, and senior. So there were, you know, all of those practicing. And I might add that what was key, which I don't even know if anybody does it here anymore, uh, was the coming of bunko hitting. Uh, bunkos started out, it started out very slowly with only a, a, a small handful of people that would just sit back at the uh, at home plate and continue to try to hit them. And before you knew it, Within a couple of summers, I mean, it had gotten totally out of control. Where everybody was hitting them, and there were all kinds of rules implemented. You know, uh, uh, certainly, you know, a right-hander is at a deficit. Uh, <laughs> so there were rules, and, and, and this just went on and on and on. And every time I've come back to camp, as well as anybody from my generation, I think the first thing you think of is wanting to come out and hit some bunkos. <laughs> Uh, except that I don't think it's even done here anymore. I could yeah, No, it is. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. Oh. Uh, they wouldn't hang out. Boys will be boys. <laughs> that is correct. And did it change any different in the 10 years that, um, after you came here? Um, I don't know. I mean, the schedule in my time, I think, was similar to uh, Jerry's time. One thing I remember is the rotation of it, depending on which division you were in. And sort of the best thing was was to have your two electives in the morning, and then after lunch have athletics third period, and then do swim fourth period, because then you're all sweaty and everything, and then you could go in the water, and then fifth period would be a free period. You could do whatever you wanted. It wasn't necessarily general swim, but you could. You could do whatever, you know, whatever you were interested in. But there's some divisions, you know, would have like you know athletics in the morning or or uh, after swim instruction, and they just had to like show up for dinner all sweaty and <laughs> disgusting. So there was, I don't remember if it was the junior or the senior actually had the best rotation there, but that's what I remember most. All right, well, thank you guys so much. A pleasure. pleasure. Brett was saying prior to uh, the Avoda, these Avoda historians giving their little synopsis of when they were campers, uh, we recently went around and pulled some campers around camp and asked them a few few questions to gauge their opinions. Uh, the first one was, what were campers' favorite spots to hang out? And the options were the bunks, the basketball courts, the field, the mess hall or the waterfront. Um, and the majority. The uh, overwhelming majority seemed the to be the bunks. Yeah, um, the tallies revealed that uh, the majority a large portion of campers. Wait, wait, can I, can I guess? Yes. This is the best place to hang out? Is that what the question is? Yeah. Yes. And the choice is the best place to hang out in camp, bunk, basketball courts, field, mess hall, or waterfront? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's obvious. I would say bunk. Yes. yes. That is what they say. Campers <laughs> love the bunks. <laughs> However. In the bunks or on the steps? or? Well, we weren't very specific about it. It was just the bunk. 
I'd say um, definitely for the older campers, since they're running around all day, they definitely love their beds. So I'm definitely, I feel like I'd be leaning toward inside, inside. the bunks rather yeah. than outside. But I would say for the younger kids, uh, oh, they love. As I am the, a counselor in one of the younger bunks, they are always outside, barefoot, and it doesn't matter the time of day. It yes. could be five in the morning or eleven at night. They are outside with no shoes <laughs> and rashes. What do you think? What's the best place to hang out? Is it inside the bunk on the porch? What do you think that? How do you think you interpret that question? I'd have to agree with the uh, the bed answer in my bed, uh, preferably <laughs> with one or two fans blowing. The unfortunate thing was during the. Uh, the heat wave that we mentioned earlier, the bunks were actually hotter than outside. That's true. It seems so. Maybe if you could, you know, find refuge in the Arts and Craft Shack or the uh, <laughs> archives where there's air conditioning, that would definitely be the preferred spot. But when they're when it isn't too hot out, I think definitely the bunks. Let me ask DJ Vetsy. G- DJ, how hot are the bunks? Is it like manageable, or do you like get hot, like too hot? It gets like way too hot, and we're not even in the heat wave. And today, I was like sweating like crazy. So did you guys hear that? He said it was totally cool and really comfortable in the bunks. Thank you, DJ. <laughs> Yarik, how about your bunk? Uh, in my bunk, it was pretty good. After all, like I'd use all three of my friends' fans, and whenever I'd go high, it'd be pretty hot. <laughs> so that's fine. So as long as you have three fans, you're uh, you're in good shape here at Camp Avoda. Uh, well, hold on. Gideon Ro- Rosenplatz wants to speak. Everyone in our bunk has a fan, so it was completely fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, as long as you have a fan, you're in good shape. I agree. That's cool. Thank you, Gideon. All right. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, the next question is, what is the best period? Is it um, instructional swim, athletics, your elective, or league? Ross, any guesses? R- guess, what the, guess what the masses say, Ross. Um, your options are swim, athletics, elective periods, or league. I would say league. League uh, was. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that was correct. Um, Matt Friedman, care to share why you uh, like league so much? It just, you're with the same team for the whole summer, and you get to really know your team and play well together doing many different sports. All right. Um, and then the third thing we asked campers was what their favorite evening activity was. Um, so the options consisted of bunk night, flag rush, zoo ball, dead zone, and JC Fear Factor. Again, another no-brainer. Um, flag rush really blew the rest out of the water. Yeah, um, actually, JC Fear Factor and zoo ball got zero tallies each. What about what about dead zone? How did dead zone do fare? I don't remember the numbers exactly, but it was closer between flag rush and dead zone. Bunk night trailing behind. Right. Actually, very, I'm a very big zoo ball fan, so I'm sad that there were there were no zoo ball lovers out there. Yeah, I like zoo ball. Zoo ball is good. Cool. And those games have been played for quite a long time. Um, Dead Zone was actually created by somebody in my bunk 14, which is kind of a cool thing. His name was Mickey Lopatin. All right, good, good poll. That act, the, the poll actually reminds me a lot of uh, in the in the Avodian, right? We have the yeah. re- the readers poll with all oh, sorts of yeah. questions, and I can never tell if those are actually real polls or or fabricated. Regardless, they're very entertaining, in my opinion. They're always fun to read. Yeah, and that's uh, that, those have been going on for a long time. If you look in the old Avodians in the archives, there's a lot of uh, polls and you know favorite meal and favorite counselor, least and favorite ref. <laughs> we were working <laughs> on those today in exactly. Avodian. 
I'm I'm a I'm a staff member and we're always hard at work in collecting data. This year's polls, are they fabricated or are you guys gonna ask campers? You know I think we we, we strive to tell the truth. So that's I'm just I'm just gonna leave it at that. So you're going to ask campers? We strive to tell the truth. I'd like a yes or a no. We strive to tell the truth. <laughs> Um, now uh, we have the intercamp sports teams, um, and so we actually yesterday there was a tennis tournament at Tevia, I believe. We came in second place uh, during that. Um, the, the coolest part about that was, I think, in the junior division, right? Is that what they said that Ethan Haas? Oh yeah. So for the for the juniors, didn't both hosses play yeah, against each other? Somebody give uh, give Maddie a, a mic. I was I was informed that <laughs> both hosses, Jordan and Ethan, met in junior division finals. Ethan came out on top, but they both had a great run. That's cool. It's good when you're when the two teams in the finals are on uh, you know from the same camp. It's uh, it's pretty good. It's a little mind-boggling, though, that we had the two best tennis players match up against each other. And they the started at opposite ends of the bracket, too. But we still we still took second place, not even first. We trailed a couple points behind, so I think it was a good contest, nonetheless. Um, also, this year for the Avoda tournament for senior soccer, all three Busneys, Drew, Cole, and Sawyer, are on the senior soccer team. Whoa. And also both Shrivers, oh. so we're really rocking the the brothers on senior soccer. I love it. That's good. That might be a trivia question. Um, and then right, uh, right around the corner, t- less than wait, is today Monday? Yeah, less than 24 hours away, we got the Avoda tournament. Um, we're coming off a few big wins in intercamp sports. We just beat Bowercrest in senior softball. Uh, it was probably the first time in a while, at least seven or eight years, I'd say. The, um, uh, we haven't won in other than this year in my past six years, and not in my past eleven up until now. So. But but what would a, an Avoda Bowercrest uh, game be without a little controversy? <laughs> oh yeah, um, you know. Oh yeah, wait, Paul, you were right in the middle of it all, right? Yeah. T- so t- tell us about it. So you know, the really cool third base ump was. Uh, had his eyes not glued to the field for a moment. And who, who, there, who was that? Uh, may or may not have been me. <laughs> and there was a play. It was a force out at third, and Bowercrest was uh, up to bat. And so the ball got fielded and thrown to Jacob Smith, who was playing third base, and he stepped on the bag. And I, since I wasn't completely looking at the time, um, I thought I saw him step on the bag before the runner slid safely into the bag. So I called him out, which uh, in hindsight was not the proper call. However, the runner uh, fell off the base as he was sliding, and Jacob Smith tagged him out, indicating that he was out the second time. So while I may not have gotten the first out call correct, I did get the second. Um, But like we said, this was the first time that Bowercrest has ever lost in, uh, I almost said Newtown, uh, has ever lost to Camp Avoda in a while. They were uh, a little rattled, I guess, when I called them out, and so they threw a little bit of a... 
but 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 had the had he been safe, had we said he was safe, it would have been bases loaded with two outs, and we were still up. What was the score? Do I you think remember? we were winning eight to nothing at that eight time, or and nine they were to nothing. So oh, nine to nothing, yeah. and they were down to their final out in that inning. So yeah. So so we're hoping that we still would have won. I think we probably would have, but uh, sounds like it was the call worked out for the in the it right ended way. Up being the yeah, right I call. think it was the right call. So good. Um, yeah. So yeah. Thanks for the play. And then play. oh, not to mention the swim team, they also. Took first place honors at Camp Pembroke. Uh, you know, we always go out there. We always compete. We don't always get first place, but we always have fun. And this year, we had fun and got first place. So that's <laughs> pretty cool. Nice. That's good. Yeah, there's a lot of hours of practice down at the waterfront. Definitely. All right. Now with uh, back to the lunchtime segments that we were talking about before. So there is the ESPN and ESPN ate the Ocho update of the day. And just to interrupt for a sec, so a lunchtime segment is what? So uh, during lunch, um, counselors will come up to the podium, to the microphone, and just say a little something about what they're doing. And uh, it's fun to listen to. It, it makes lunch a vibrant experience as well as a delicious one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. All right, that's good. So ESPN ate the Ocho. That was number one, right? Yeah, and then also someone who has a summer birthday. My birthday is in July, so um, I've always experienced the birthdays here. It's a lot of fun. You give a speech and get a picture. Um, those are always a good time. We have a lost and found which is a polarizing segment here at Camp Avoda. Um, Ronnie stands up and reads off the names of kids who've lost their articles of clothing and other items. I, I don't think anyone thinks it's fun, but it's necessary because people lose their stuff every day. This, the, the lost and found grows by leaps and bounds, and if we didn't give it back, you know what happens? What happens? What happens? Um, parents complain. Oh. Bing, bing, bing. Parents complain. Exactly. Yes. So, the lost uh, and found table you. looks uh, pretty clean right now. That's because Ronnie it's is, is right amazing now. at giving it back. The, my favorite is though she'll she'll call someone up to the podium, give them their shirt, they'll bring it back to the table, they'll, they'll finish it. their dessert, they'll leave the mess all and leave it on the <laughs> table. All right. So that's the uh, that's a problem. Um, we also have the food creations which is sponsored by Dyer Industries and by the napkin dispenser company I don't remember Torque. oh Torque um, not actually but Leon facilitates um, the food creations in which uh, campers counselors and whoever else would like to participate will make something with their food and bring it up to Leon to show the camp give us an example there was one today you remember today's Yes, so uh, we had chicken patties for lunch today. Camper by the name of Charlie Muller um, had an interesting creation. I think he took a chicken patty, somehow managed to open it up into a pocket-like, <laughs> pocket-like figure. Um, he stuffed it with lettuce and french, french fries. French and fries, that was the key. Yeah. Called it like a chicken pocket or no, a french fries. No, I think fries. it was a, a chicken flap. I don't know. It, it was Chicken pouch? It was f a lot of different names thrown in the air. I don't think he came to a definitive one, but it was quite the creation. Today. I can only imagine the process of eating it. Um, and another fan favorite is the joke of the day. Yarek. Yarek. So can we wait? So every, we call campers up. Usually we have two to three to four to five campers who give jokes. We give them the mic, and uh, 
We're going to give it. Can we give an example of one now? Of course. So, Yarek, you have a joke lined up for us? Sure. You could do today's, and then uh, and then I'll give you the mic, and uh, DJ, you can do one, okay? Um, before Yarek goes, I just want to point out that Yarek is a frequent flyer in this segment. Uh, anytime we start chanting joke of the day, he either sprints up there uh, without even needing to be asked, or he gets called out immediately to come up, so... He's definitely one of the better joke tellers in a camp, I'd say. So what did the ping pong paddle say to the ping pong ball when it was playing Mario? What? You got spiked. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, 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 I'll be, I'm the old man in the crowd. I don't understand that. Can you, can you explain it to me? Or? Do you get it, Yark? Do you understand? Can you explain the joke? Hold on. So inside a game of Mario, there are these rocks that go down. They're called spike rocks. So whenever you get one, get hit by one, basically you got spikes. So I put it into the with the ping pong ball and the ping pong paddle. And Yark, is this an original joke? Um, well, not in a joke book or online. I just made it up myself when I was playing ping pong. That's <laughs> <laughs> Comedy genius, if you are. That is comedy genius. And then, hold on, we're going to turn it over to DJ Vetsin. Do you have a, a joke lined up? Hold on, he's he's a frequent flyer. Also, hold on. What happens when you throw a What happens when you throw a blue rock into the Red Sea? What? It gets wet. Uh, <laughs> excellent. That's uh, that's very good. Uh, anyone else have any jokes? No. How did you hear the one about the uh, the? Uh, the butcher who backed into hit the meat grinder? No. Yeah. He got a little behind in his work. Uh. <laughs> um, I was talking to Lee Gar, who is our camp advisor. Do you want more jokes or no? no. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Ethan, control your dad. <laughs> and, um, Ethan's only heard that joke 45 times in the last two days. Yes. Um, Lee was in the 2001 Bunk 14, I believe. Yes, yes. And um, I asked him, and he said that counselors were doing similar things, similar segments uh, 15, 20 years ago um, at the podium. So this is an avoided tradition that has been going on and should continue to go on for years to come. Yeah, it's fun. It's entertaining. And actually, when I give tours to prospective families, I talk about that. Being in the mess hall is like so much energy. It's fun. It's Everyone's eating, obviously. And then entertaining and making fun announcements is what I think of camp. I think of that exactly. That's like super. You don't get that at home, right? You know, it's uh, it's, it's really cool, I think. So. ESPN 8, the Ocho is my personal favorite. <laughs> it is, absolutely. Um, next, we have a mini documentary about Desert War uh, where we asked the general of the Blue Odyssey, the first lieutenant of the White Rhinos, and I believe um, we asked the people who were participating, um, and oh, we asked uh, referees about um, this year's Desert War. And so here are those interviews. I'm here with Daniel Rashes, and I was wondering what it was like being a Desert War captain. Being a Desert War captain was a really interesting experience. I've been here for a few Desert Wars, but obviously I'd never been a captain. I thought it was really interesting just uh, being able to talk to staff about what, what the game plan was and uh, helping out campers who hadn't been there for Desert Wars, trying to help them find their place. And I just really enjoyed being part of a team 
And even though I was a captain, I really just felt like another player because I felt like everybody was playing their part. And ultimately, I feel like that's why we won. So it was a really great experience. All right, so I'm out here with Shay Wanglin, who was one of the referees for the 2019 Desert War. Shay, how would you say this Desert War has compared with other Desert Wars you've seen in the past? How you doing, Brett? Uh, this Desert War was a little interesting because it was... Uh, it was a big defensive battle, you know, it was 1-0 with like five minutes left in the fourth. There was only one flag scored all day. So it was uh, really important refing because, you know, everything gets magnified when it's such a close, low-scoring low game. Um, how, would, how did it make you feel that you were uh, like one of the main refs this game? Oh, it was great. The responsibility is very nice. You know, we had to do a lot of preparation to make sure the rules are right. We adjusted a couple of things. We added one flag over there on the rec hall side, you know, so... Um, it was really nice to be a big part of it and helping uh, camp run for the whole day. All right, thank you so much, Jay. I'm here with Zachy Sato Hasenberg, and I was wondering what it was like being a Desert War captain. Well, I mostly thought it was just a really great experience. I had some really good leadership opportunities, and I just loved hanging out with all my staff. And, I, you know, I think my whole team put really good effort in, and I think it was just overall and a great experience for me. All right, I'm here with Ty Goldstein, who was the general of the Blue Odyssey in this 2019 Desert War. Ty, how did it feel winning Desert War as a general? Uh, honestly, it was one of the best feelings ever. Um, a lot of work put in, a week or two, of just every night putting in work. Um, long, hot, hot day, four hours of screaming and running. So nothing's better than jumping into that lake with your best friends. Um, so this Desert War was a very close Desert War, a very low-scoring Desert War. Um, as general, as the person who made the positions, the person on staff, how um, did the outcome of the game um, make you feel? Yeah, I was surprised it was so low-scoring. I thought we had a better, uh, I thought our offense was going to score more. But going into the draft and coming out, we knew our defense was very good. Starting out with our captains and then going down the line with Wyatt, Matt Friedman, Jacob Smith. I said our defense, like, I knew it was, I knew we were going to hold them a little, but our offense surprised me. All right, well, thank you so much, Ty. Um. As, far, as far as Desert War, uh, again, uh, I'll just give my two cents here after we heard the sound bites from what you guys recorded, but uh, it was a really cool event. Uh, it was close. It was one flag to nothing going into the fourth quarter. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So it was... One point, not one flag. One point, yeah. One well, it was one flag. One flag, one point, but still, it was still anybody's... It was anybody's game up until that point, and then they finally, uh, the blue team, right, broke it open uh, with probably, you know, five to eight minutes to go in the game. But it was uh, pretty awesome, and there was a lot of offense, right? We have rules in place to promote offense, free jail breaks, um, and uh, offense was going, but the defense was amazing on both sides. It was really a defensive battle. It was, but there, it wasn't like people were just standing and not attacking. There were plenty of attacks and plenty of time, uh, attempts to go for the flags and the jailbreaks. And again, I thought it was just a great, great event. Really well run by the uh, head judges. And uh, I thought the coaches did a nice job, too. So I'd just like to point out, too, that this was the first um, shutout on the real Desert War field. So that was also pretty cool. It's amazing. A shutout is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah for Desert War. And, sorry, one other key factor that made it more interesting, too, was uh, with all the defense and the shutout, we had removed the barbecue pit this year, yeah. and everybody said, oh, it's going to be a high-scoring affair, and then it was not at all. It was not yeah. a factor. I think the final score was 9 to nothing. Yes. Okay. So. 
Yeah, I reported in the blog that it was two to nothing because I went down uh, to the waterfront to make sure that the kids were safe. So I missed the last couple of uh, you know garbage, uh, uh, not garbage, the garbage but the garbage time. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't like to discredit anybody. <laughs> um, now we're talking about services. The Friday night and Saturday morning Shabbat services. Um, we talked to Benji, our camp rabbi, the who leads the services, um, and here's what he said about that. All right, so I'm here with Benji Schwartz, and Benji uh, directs our services at Camp Voda. Benji, how do you feel about the new booklet this year? I think the new booklets are good because they take out a lot of pages that uh, we don't normally use on Friday night services, and it really kind of just streamlines the process and makes it easier for me to lead, and I'm sure it makes it easier for the campers to follow along. How do you feel? Um, this is your second year running services, and um, what's it like? Uh, I enjoy it a lot. I mean, it's a cool time for camp to come together and just be doing something as one camp, which doesn't really happen a lot. If you think about it, it only happens a couple times a year, the bonfire or desert war or color war. Yeah. So it's something cool that happens every week that's kind of relaxing, and even if you're not as engaged in the service part of it, uh, it's just nice to be there with everyone and dressed up nice, and it just feels like it's different from the rest of camp, which is a cool thing. All right, thank you so much, Benji. You got it. All right. Um, Shabbat shalom. <laughs> Shabbos. L'chaim. And, uh... Mazel tov. <laughs> so, hypothetically, if color war were to happen this year, or in the past color wars, um, there's always a lot of tradition involved um, between the color war plays, where we poke fun at counselors and things that have happened during the year, um, the track meet, where um, everyone's running around camp, well, song fest, as we talked about earlier, um, how official it is, and just uh, so much happens during color war. It's pretty much the same every year, and so that's a big part of tradition at Avoda. Yeah, so uh, color war is generally the defining moment of the summer. It's what everyone is waiting for. Uh, like we say, though, it is not the entire summer. There are other parts of camp, um, but that still ends up being... Uh, the unanimous favorite, I'd say. So, what's amazing about it is that people talk about it all year. Would you talk? Right? People talk about color war all year. The summer starts. We talk about it all summer long. Then the event actually happens, and it's nine times out of ten an amazing week, great competition, maybe even. I mean, it's like it's awesome. And now we have more stuff to discuss for the next year. So yeah. the the expectations are high, but it always you know lives up to them and. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a great great event, great week, and um, I don't think I've ever had a bad color war. Even if the team loses, uh, it's always it's always a fun time. Well, what's cool is you're right. You're you're with you're having this unique team experience with sixty to seventy people, right? Campers, counselors, staff, CITs, and you're you know at war, quote unquote. But you're going to battle, right? Uh, and you're you're bonding with your friends and these these teammates, and it's uh, it's amazing. It's just a and people give it their all. And I when I when I was a color war general, I used to give my pep talk to the team was uh, that most of us are not going to be professional athletes. Most of us are not going to be in the World Series or in the NBA Finals. So this is it for us, right? Like the state. This is our little community and our world and so that's uh 
that's sort of where it is. It's, uh, it doesn't get any bigger, and all you get is bragging rights, and you get to jump in the lake, but those stakes are very high. So yeah, as you can all see, Color War is really the main event of the summer, so hopefully we can figure something out to bring it back this year. So we're, uh, I think we're at the tail end of the, uh, the podcast. Nathan Shabashov, you want to come on, come on over here? We have a, a quick uh, question for you. Anybody else who wants to get on the air who hasn't gotten an air, get near a microphone. We'll do uh, wrap-ups here for a second. We have Nathan Shabashov who just came into the uh, dining hall. Nathan, how's your summer going so far? Good. Yeah, what's the, been the best part so far? Maybe Desert War. I don't know. Were you on the winning team? Yeah, we just talked about that a little while ago. And how many years have you been here? This is my fourth summer. And how many podcasts have you recorded? Two. <laughs> All right, great. Thank you. Thank. That's right. That's right. Uh, we also have Charlie Muller. Charlie, we were talking about you earlier because we were talking about the, uh, the food creation that you made today. So I'll uh, come a little closer. We'll get you on the air. And uh, Luca tomorrow, he just joined us. Hi, Luca. And then we'll wrap up in about 30 seconds. Uh, so we talked about your food creation. What was it called? We weren't exactly sure. Uh, well, I, the name I called it was not accepted, so Leon said... Is, is it PG? Like, can we say it on the air? Yeah. What, what did you call it? I called it the, um, fry pouch. Okay, the fry pouch. I don't think that's terrible. What do you think, Paul? It's not terrible, right? So, so Sounds pretty good. So, so what was it actually called? Uh, Leon called it the McFlappy chicken thing. That's just <laughs> so much worse than the fry pack. Well, McDonald's might be interested in the uh, in the, in the copyright, so who knows? That's true. But, uh, congratulations! It was a great uh, great food creation. Thank you. All right. Anybody else? Rashes? You got any uh, wrap up? Any final words? Oh, Ethan Schiffman. You got? Oh, who do we got here? We got. Uh, hey, Jacob uh, Gilberg is here. Jacob, how you doing? Hi. Good. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jacob likes to wear his pajamas 24 hours a day. You wearing PJs right now? Yes. <laughs> what, what, what's on them? Sports stuff. Sports stuff. And why do you wear PJs? Isn't it like 800 degrees outside? You're not too hot. Not too hot at all. Not too hot at all. All right, and we always say it's fun at camp because you're just around the boys, and uh, and you can you can you can feel comfortable. We have another another all star here. His name is uh, Georgie Papanova. Georgie, how you doing? Good. This is George's uh, first summer at camp. You've been here. He's been here eight days. He's only been in the country. Uh, for a few months, he moved from Moscow, and uh, he's been a great addition to Bunk One. Ethan, is that true? Yes, he's been uh, one of the better campers. D does he understand English? For the most part, yes. So, Georgie, what's your favorite part about camp? What's the best part about camp? I like swimming, mountain biking, um, like football. That's a, that's a great list. What about fishing? Uh, I like I like it too. Did you catch any? Yes. Did you eat them? No. Okay, all right, good deal. Well, welcome to camp. It's great to have you here. He doesn't like shirts, though. Apparently. He does not like shirts. No, a lot of kids <laughs> don't like shirts at Camp Avoda. Again, another perk about being in an all-boys camp. Uh, I'm sorry, Daniel, did you have any wrap-up comments? Uh, I don't know. I'm here with Andrew Janowski. I was wondering what your favorite moment of the summer has been so far. Uh, my favorite moment of the summer is probably when we went to Borndale and uh, we beat them in hockey. Um, Although the game uh, got cut short, I still had fun being able to play at a competitive street hockey game against another camp. Yeah, like like any good uh, competition against Borndale that had a controversy and got a little uh, chippy, <laughs> chippy as well. I see a common theme here. All right, good deal. Daniel Altschler, Anthony, you got any uh, final comments? You guys good? 
Daniel, you good? Daniel has a couple of parting words here. One of my favorite mo moments is probably during Desert War. Desert War. What bunk are you in, Daniel? I'm in bunk 12. And how many years have you been here? This is my fifth year. Awesome. So you're going to finally get a mug this year. Did you know that? Yeah. All right. I really like Desert War. Like, the last couple minutes were really intense because I was right next to the jail. Yeah. So that every, like, they sent their best players to, like, a jailbreak. And so what team were you on? The blue? I was on the blue Odyssey. Yeah. Awesome. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Good, good victory. All right. Well, listen, I want to thank everybody in the mess hall, the podcast crew, especially Paul and Ethan, Brett and Daniel Rashes. Uh, guys, great, great job. Everybody uh, who planned it, who executed it. Uh, go Avoda. It's been an awesome summer. Looking forward to uh, a couple of more great weeks here. And uh, signing off from the shores of Tispaquin, Ken Schiffman, Brett Itchcow, Paul Sandberg, Ethan Schiffman, Daniel Rashes, and the podcast crew. Yeah, boy. You were folding. What? You were folding. Well, yeah, you weren't close.